Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. What's going on? It's your man, Chad, here back with another episode of the Life, Love, and Hustle podcast. And a lot of you may not know, but your boy had a little career in professional wrestling. Yeah, that's right. I was hitting the ropes, I was hitting the mat, and uh, I was taking chair shots to the head. But uh, I had an opportunity over the course of the years to uh, get into the ring with some of my TV heroes and some of the guys that uh, were on their way up and that I see on TV um, now and just doing big things. And uh, one of the best guys that I've ever met on that road uh, was Mr. Tom Brandy, who you may know otherwise as uh, as either Salvatore Sincere, or you may know him as the Patriot. Uh, but either way you know him, you can call him my friend. So I want to bring in Mr. Tom Brandy. How are you today, sir? My man, we're doing great, brother. Doing great. <laughs> so here's the thing. We were talking a little bit ago and uh, I just found out you've been in the wrestling business for over 37 years, man. That's amazing. How you feeling? I know. It's a long, I, I, it's amazing. Like, I've been wrestling longer. Most of the kids in the locker room have been wrestling. Like, I haven't even <laughs> been alive. I've been wrestling longer than they've been alive, which is crazy. <laughs> Combined, uh, right? Well, yeah. It's like, it's like you look at guys in the locker room and, you know, you have your 21-year-olds and 25-year-olds and whatever else. And I'm thinking, like, I've been wrestling longer than you've even been alive. And uh, no, I've been very fortunate. I'm, I'm, um, I feel good. I wrestled um, twice this weekend and have a couple coming up. You know, I get about average, maybe about four a month, um, give or take. Some, some months slower, some months busier. But um, you know, knock on wood, just keep plugging along. Yeah, I dig it, man. Well, uh, I remember. I think I first met you. I met you at a at a elite show with uh, uh with Jake and Tate. I think I met you there for the first time. And the one thing that I remember when I first met you was you, people don't realize how friggin' big you are in person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I saw you on TV. Business, it's all shapes and sizes in this business. Oh, for how, sure. How do you think? How do you think the first time I met King Kong Bundy? How do you think that felt? Oh man, I can tell you why the first time I met Bundy, I was like, sheesh, man. Uh, a lot of the guys are just are because you see, I see you guys on TV together, but to see you in person, it's crazy. Like when I first met um, World Warrior, World Warrior Animal, and he was just a big, big dude, man. And uh, you really don't have any idea until you uh, see these guys in person. But when I first met you, like you're tall. Uh, you've got a, of course, you know, you've always been in great shape, man. Like I've never seen you out of shape, but the, uh, uh, I was just like, and I think we were in a match together and right. I was like, what am I going to do with this big piece of meat, man? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you made me look like a million bucks. You got to think about your opponent. You could have, you know, a guy your size the one night and twice your size the next night. And, you know, you got to think what moves 
work, what moves don't work. Um, you know what I mean? Guys, you don't want to pick up. You don't want to, you, you got to maneuver around. So, I mean, that's all part of like your, your move set and everything else. But the good thing is when you're in the ring with someone like you, who's experienced, who's, uh, you know, it's not going to hurt you. It makes for a great match. And I remember we actually got in the ring a couple of times over the years. And I, I can't recall one bad match that we ever had. No, it was fun. Like I said, um, it's it's one of those things where, like, you look at your opponent and you could do everything. Like, you always like when you have a guy who could do everything, like yourself. And you could mix in some of the moves you've used with other guys, even if they're bigger or smaller, but it'll, it'll still be uh, relevant. It'll still work. And that's the fun part. Like, when you know the other guy, compare, remember, the, the other opposite side of the spectrum is the guys that are like, you know, can't do anything. And then you're like, you really got to work hard to figure out what the heck you're going to do with the guy. But the guy like yourself, they can do everything. And, you know, you were one similar to myself, like you could work face or heel and there's not going to be a drop off either way. Yeah. Yeah. So that, well, helps, you know, your, I, that helps your opponent, you know, helps put the match together. How do you, how do you like working better, heel or face? And, and in case you don't know, you know, uh, in case folks don't know out there, we're talking a little bit of wrestling talk, but heel is like the bad guy, the villain, and the baby face is the good guy, you know, the guy you're supposed to cheer for. <laughs> well, it was like, it, it, it's kind of like the, the company. Like right now, right now, I'd rather work baby face on the indies as the Patriot just because, you know, where I'm at in, in the business and what I bring, and it's like a character and, there's different, you work a different way and it's like a superhero character compared to a heel to where uh, heels bump more, bounce around more. So like on WWF, when I was there, I'd rather be Sal Sincere because you control a match like we talked about. You do more stuff. You get more freedom as a heel, a uh, lot mm. more flexibility as a heel. As a baby face, you're kind of locked into a certain spot almost. Yeah, no, that's facts. So let's go back in time, man. Let's jump in the time machine. So tell me how you got started in the business. You know, like uh, what inspired you to put on the tights? Well, I wanted to do it since I was a little kid, first of all. It starts there. And then as I got through grade school, high school, and you figure, you know, you're going to grow out of it, you have other interests as you get older in high school and everything else, you, uh, you figure you can't, you're not going to be part of it anymore. And, um, I just grew more into it. And now as you got out of high school, um, you start to look around. See, back then there weren't really any wrestling schools. So um, I heard of, uh, I mentioned King Kalua. Uh, I heard of him being in my area, not too far. Like he worked out at a certain gym. And I said, you know, I didn't know anybody else to go to because the only wrestling school was the Monster Factory in South Jersey. I wasn't going there. Mm. Literally, they only wrestling school only one so it wasn't going there that was not happening so like i sought out you know obviously mike i sought out mike at the, at this gym that i was um we me and my one of my best friends were looking to, to join a gym so we um we joined this gym that apparently mike worked out at which he did we you know we found out that he was there and then the rest is history like we got to know him got to meet him got to talk to him got to hang out with him and then end up being like best friends for life. We were each other's best men in our weddings. And hmm. you know, he opened the door for the independent scene. 
And then, you know, we were in there. And like I said, it was something where it was good for him, too, because it gave him like a wrestling partner uh, to travel the, the highways and byways with and um, have somebody that was tuned in as much as he was and go from there. But, yeah, so we start doing the, the, you know, he got he started opening doors with the local scene, the local indies and get me booked with some of the uh, promotions back then. And, you know, it's been a long, long road. Yeah, and we're talking about um, King Kalua, who is a wrestling legend in his own right also. You, would you believe that when we were at Rambo's show that last time, would you believe that's the first time I met Mike? Are you even first time you even met him? First time I ever met him was at Rambo's wow. show. So you enjoy working with him because, like, your style and his style, like, they're, they're absolutely, like, perfect combination. Like, you're, you can do all the moves, and he uh, has a lot of good heel stuff he does. That'd be mm. like a perfect match the next time. Actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, I thought that return show in September, I think we were supposed to be in a tag match, weren't we? We were, man. Yeah, I was hyped. We were. Yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I, I just remember that match. And it might not happen in September. Maybe John will have it later in the year because I know he's not He's not doing just that one show. He got the itch again. He got the <laughs> itch. He got the turnout. He got everybody on board. He's going to do another one. I think he will too, and I think he really liked it. Man, you know, it was a. It's not very. It's not very often you get John Rambo uh, to smile, but uh, he, yeah, I mean, right. he was smiling a lot that show. Oh, he loved it. He loved it. <laughs> he loved it. So, okay. So you got. So you got started. Uh, you started the uh, working with uh, with Kalua. So, um, and you didn't go to a formal wrestling school. So, what was training like? Uh, for you like how did you actually learn how to work it was like i mentioned it's all like you know we set up mattresses in the backyard and you're out there trying to do whatever moves you could do on a mattress as grass and dirt and do some like reversals and sunset flips and you know we didn't get any ring time like once in a blue moon we were able to go to a show like earlier you know, like like now you see the guys in the gym, in the school. I mean, in, in the, uh, at the at the shows, hours before the show, yes. they're getting hours of, of practice in the ring. And for whatever reason, we really didn't. We weren't able to back then. That wasn't something people did where they would go to a show early and like work out. Don't ask me why. It just wasn't the, wasn't really the way. So mm. it was more like on the job training where you're just in there and you're just have a match and you're trying to do stuff the right way and hopefully you can record it and hopefully you can see what you did wrong. It's all part of it. But yeah, like where I was after a few years, these, these, these current day kids are there in a few months, all the repetitions they get. Yeah. You didn't really have a lot of the, of the convenience that a lot of cats do now because there's wrestling schools in almost every quote unquote like territory now. Like, I think yeah, well, no, there was no, there was no convenience. What we got was the difference is the trade-off was not a whole lot of, um, what do you call it, um, students because there was no schools. So, like, right. there was only a handful of indie guys out there because they weren't, these schools weren't pumping them out like they are now. So, being like Mike's protege, guys would just book us as a match. The, indie, the promoters just book us as a match. Because yeah. there were a whole lot less guys on the street available doing what we do. So that was the trade-off. The trade-off was, you know, learn the hard way, pay your dues, like, you know, like, 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 uh, learn your craft a lot slower 
pace, but we were on a lot of shows because there was no schools pumping out all these kids. You know, what do you feel like the benefit is? Because I can definitely see a benefit of you breaking in with a more experienced guy and then you just taking the tour of you versus him on the road. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, like, we, we you don't got, see that, you don't got, see that anymore. We, we put a good match together. So once it got out there, everybody had to book it. I mean, we probably wrestled a couple hundred times. Mm. And once they saw the match, it's no different than now. Like, even, like, the more experienced guys. Like, say... You go to one of Georgia's shows and say, like, you know, like, like uh, two of his top guys really click. Uh, you know, you want to keep that match together and do it in different buildings. And it's no different. That that part's never changed. So when you have a couple of guys that really hit it, and you, know, you keep them together and, and use them on the different shows. It was good then because it seemed like it was an era of wrestlers. Like it's real. Like this is we're talking mid 80s. Real, mm. real sluggish group of guys like big clunky like not a lot of guys worked out and it just seemed like it was a real sluggish era to where like me and mike we wanted to go a million miles a minute and you could see the difference in our matches compared to the rest yeah you definitely you definitely you 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 definitely wrestled a more athletic style um even when i was watching some of your matches from like the late 90s in wwe yeah you you had a very athletic style yeah, like that was more the the, the era that, that fit me the best. And, you know, guys were built on, you know, they really built up guys' character strong. And their the, the wrestling was somewhat secondary. I mean, you know, again, when you see a guy like, say, a guy like Stone Cold, you want to hear his mouth. You want to hear him lay in the people and do what he does. The wrestling just goes with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to see him kick kick ass. You're not going to learn any new moves from watching that Stone Cold match. You know what I mean? You yeah. just want the complete package. You want to see the, the entrance music. You want to see him come down the you know down the ramp. You want to see him come in there and crack a beer. You want the whole package. But the whole 20-minute promo? Learned, to say that you learned a, a new move watching his match, you're not going to learn a new move. You know, but he doesn't need that. That wasn't what his was built on. Well, I kind of equate today's pro wrestling to hip hop because a lot of times with the new new with the new rap music, there's a lot of focus on production and not lyrics. Like back in the day, you had to be a complete MC. Like you had to be able to you had to be able to do battle rap. You had to be able to freestyle. Uh, now mm-hmm. it's all about the track. So it seems to me like it's more common to see guys who are focusing a lot more on the moves and not a lot on the storytelling. So right. uh, the, how do you, how would you feel about that? With the story, the, the, the storytelling part, you mean? Yeah, like storytelling and, and, and cutting a good promo. It's completely different now. I mean, these guys are cookie cutter to where they want guys, we were just talking about that at the show last night. They want guys that are real green and they really, really, really want to mold them their way. So like there's there's a bunch of indie guys out there now and they're like, how come they, they're not getting hired? How come they're not getting jobs? Blah, blah, blah. And it's because it's almost because they're too good and they're, they're too they're looked at as they can't be remolded. Hmm. So it's totally different now when it comes to like promos, you're all being taught a certain way. Uh, you know, you're all starting the same uh, experience level and they want everything done their way. That's really what it comes down to. 
So what year did you, what year did you, well, speaking of getting hired, what, what year did you get, um, did you make the move to WWE and how'd that, how'd that come about? Well, the timeline, I'll start a little sooner. So the first break was 88, 87, 88 for uh, Jerry Lawler in Memphis. Okay. So then (laughs) after a while, there was like a year and a half, two years there. Uh, back to the Indies in Pennsylvania and all the surrounding states. And then um, 92 was Puerto Rico, which led to WCW. So WCW was September of 92. Um, couple years there, uh, went to all Japan in between. And then 96 was WWF. So that was the timeline for me. So WCW and then WWF afterwards. I didn't know you worked in Japan, man. That's crazy. What was what yeah, was your uh... Johnny Gunn? I was because I was the same name as I was in WCW, so huh. I was in all Japan for like four consistent uh, tours and yeah, four tours in a row. Wow! And uh, you know there was all Japan at the time had the biggest names in the business. It was like um, just looking at uh, the, how we sat on the bus. It was it was Stan Hansen. It was uh, Abdul the Butcher. It was the Fantastics. It was. It was the uh, Steve Williams and, and John Nord <laughs> and Terry Gordy and Del Wilkes and um, Kamala, too, and forgetting one or two. Yeah, Furnace and Crawford. And there was, you know, who's who? Who's who? Man, that's a that's an assassin's role, man. That's crazy. Yeah, they're all, they were all the all-Japan guys. Johnny Ace was the main guy. He's the one that was, went over there to team with. And because um, coming off WCW, I was compared to Tom Zank, and then Zank had heat over there, so he, they stopped bringing Zank in, so they brought me in instead of him. <laughs> you do look like him. <laughs> That's why they put us together, yeah. The Z-Man. <laughs> yep. yep. That is dope, man. So, so, so when, you were, when, you, when you started getting these breaks and you started, you know, really leveling up your career, uh, what, was the, what would you say, like, what were, the, what were the new challenges that you had going into that next phase of your career? Well, there's a lot of politics when you get to that level. You're not going to see that on the indies. And it was a whole other world. So, like, you're so excited to be there. You're so excited to, like, get, get your break in the business. But there was so much stuff, like, behind the scenes that you weren't accounted for. You know, the politics and not getting your right due and not getting, you know, what, what was what you were, you know, what, what you deserve, push-wise and stuff like that. All the stuff that was out of your hands, you know, what yeah. I mean? all the stuff that was like um, you thought you had coming to you and then things and, and a lot of promises like they would tell you this is going to happen. That's going to happen. We're going to do this with you and do that with you just to keep stringing you along. And most of this stuff never happens. Mm. So that's all part of it. Like we're all used to the indie scene where everybody's happy. Everybody's friendly. Everybody's just happy to be there. There's never any negativity. There's never any like nepotism. There's never any. um any kind of um, uh, backstabbing and stuff like that. And it's a rude awakening once you get to the big leagues and see all that. Man, you know what? That's similar. I think that goes across the board in, in every professional sport. I had a cousin that played in the NFL for a few seasons and uh, kind of got disillusioned quick because he said, man, I always wanted to play in the NFL until I got to the NFL. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And when you get there, it's like totally different than you expect. 
Mm, that's not, wild, not, man. Not all, not all bad. It's just it becomes too much of a business, too much of a cutthroat business. Yeah, I mean, I heard it can be. So uh, do you feel like it's gotten any better since that time period or is it about the same thing? I couldn't tell you because unless you're there, you yeah. don't know. You have no idea how it is. I'm sure there's a lot of similarities. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's tons of similarities. It's just, again, when you have guys um, where they're like, you know, there's a lot of jealousy. The, the one mm. guy always feels like he's better than the next. That's getting a bigger push than he's getting. That will never go away. That's always going to be part of it. Always going to be part of it. So the, um, now what would you say if you had to go back in time to where, uh, uh, where you were, you were in the where well, you were in the big leagues, as you call it. You were in the big leagues, working for the big feds. What's some of your favorite moments? Like, what's some of your most memorable moments or your most memorable experiences? Well, just, being in, just being on the big stage with like Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels. Like, you wouldn't be in there if they didn't trust you to be in there. Like, you mm. know, it's not like we make up the matches; they make up the matches. So, like, if they had a guy they didn't trust, they wouldn't put him in there with the top dogs. So that was always a big accomplishment. Like. In WCW, you had guys like Vader and you had like, um, you know, Paul Orndorff and guys like that. A lot of, you know, a lot of the big names there. Pillman and Austin and WCW, yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, that was all part of it. Um, when you look back, that's exactly what it is. When you when you share the, the big stage uh, with the big names. That was Who were like some of your crowning, favorite guys like to work with? Crowning, that's like your crowning moment. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that, that tells you you made it. That's dope, man. Who were some of your favorite guys to work with? Um, well, the big names, because you really wanted to step it up with them. And then, but mm. like, uh, opponent-wise, guy like us, Two Cold Scorpio was always, you know, such a talent. He always brought so much to the table and could do so much stuff. He just followed his, you know, followed in his footsteps in the ring. And, um, you know, guys like that. But, yeah, like the big name guys, you know, again, they make you, they made you want to step it up. They made mm. one, you know, like I wrestled the uh, undertaker on Monday night, Raw, like live. This is when it was live Monday night raw. And this is when they, they, they come to you and they say, Hey, you got a 15 minute live segment with, with undertaker. You're like, what? Like, you know, you can't <laughs> act. Like that's, that's a humongous, 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 uh, match. That's a big and, opportunity too. And it couldn't have went better. I mean, afterwards they're all like saying how great it was and, it's almost like you, you graduated that night because it's like you proved yourself in there with him that you weren't nervous or scared or anything else. And you like, you belonged. So that was like my crowning moment. Did you see, did you see a change in the way that people treated yeah. you backstage after that? Yeah. Yes. And no, yes. And no, like you got a lot of all the boys put you over, but like it didn't make a difference with management. You have to say like, you know, not enough, not mm. enough of a difference. You know, he still okay. led to other big matches. It still led to stuff like with like Shawn Michaels and probably wrestled The Rock 40 times and <laughs> Scorpio and old Mark Marrowangle with Sable, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, they didn't have to put you in those spots. Well, I was watching, I was watching your match, uh, like the Rocks, well, you know, Rocky Maivia's um, debut match on Raw. I was watching that uh, earlier today and uh so i'm gonna say that you're responsible for him becoming a megastar well we wrestled about 40 <laughs> times 
Yeah, so, I'm gonna say it was. I'm gonna say it's on you. It's all it you. Even, there was even times when we were overseas, and like he had a match the one night we we weren't together, and he went to the agent and asked if they, he could put us together the following night, and they did just on his request. So like little stuff like that always goes a long way. Well, you guys seem to have really good uh, uh, chemistry together. I mean, it, it it was a great match. We had some good ones. It was fun because as you grew. He got more experience. We did more stuff in the matches. And, um, you know, I'm sure if it was, you know, once he turned, you know, like, like then he turned heel and the whole nation of domination, all that other stuff, mm-hmm. would have been, would have been fun to do it like maybe two years down the road just to see how much better that he got. You know what I mean? We could have did so much more. So when you, so when you first met him, you know, I know they were really putting him over um, a lot. So what, what what were your what were your thoughts about him um, after you worked him a couple of times? Did you say, yeah, okay, great, this kid's going to be a star? Always, or? No, he was he was a can't miss. He was always a great guy. Always always um, stand up guy. Like you could just see from his personality. From you don't even have to know the guy, but you could see how outgoing he is. Like from his interviews and just his personality. That's just the way he is. There's nothing that there's no like fake personality with him. He is he's he's that way twenty four seven. He seems like he is from everything from all the interviews and stuff that I've seen him do. He seems like he's a genuine guy. Yeah, he's the same guy either way. Happy, you know. I mean, like you always, you know, you could tease each other, make fun of each other, goof off, say anything to him, that type of stuff. Because he'll give it back to you, give it back to him. That type, <laughs> you know, just ribbing each other. You know, it's the kind of guy you're not going to hurt, hurt his feelings, and he's not going to hurt your feelings. Yeah, for sure, man. He's one, uh, and it's and it's funny how much of his family is in the business at, at every level, including you know oh, the number man. one top guy in the in the world right now, Roman Reigns. Right, they're all connected. I mean, like for him, um, I'm trying to think. So his he's not really related to them though, because um, Alpha. Trying to think, I mean not Alpha, uh, Peter Maivia. Hey, Peter Maivia. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's that. Yeah. They they all, you know, the island, I mean, being from, like, the islands, but then he's not really related to any of the Samoans. Yeah, not directly. Not directly. They're, they're all, like, they all, like, the, the families live together and always were together, but not, like, not blood-related. It's just Peter Maivia and Rocky Johnson. But they weren't any like any like there was no blood relation to like the MIV or anything. Shoot, man, it's it's almost like, like they're all like one big family though. It seems like just different names. <laughs> oh, they are, they are, and like they said, the with the Samoans, you don't even like they're all related. They're all cousins. They're all somehow they're they're all like blood related. It's just like you don't remember who's whose son, who's whose cousin, who's whose dad's who. It's crazy how many there are out there. Well, I remember. When I was when I was a young I was a young lad, and I was uh, still at at John's school. Shout out to the House of Pain in Hagerstown, Maryland. I remember a few of us got asked to go up to um, up to Alpha's gym and train and work a couple of their uh, WXW shows, right. and that was a tremendous honor on my end. Uh, the first right. time that I met that I met Pops, uh, I mean, I barely I could barely talk. I mean, that's that's the wild Samoan man, you know. And, yeah, no, and I remember, 
Yeah, no, and they said that when he calls, when he calls you son, when he calls you son, you're doing good. And I remember the first time he called me son, man, I was like, man, that was amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, I got a long history with those guys, all the different, um, you know, brothers and cousins, and I think I pretty much worked every single one of them. Like I went back and I thought of it, not the new generation, but like everybody yeah. else, like even like Lance on up. I think I've definitely been in the ring for, with every single one of them. Man, Lance splashed me off of the top rope when he was eight years old. I believe it. <laughs> um, even guys like um, uh, Rikishi, uh, Yokozuna, um, uh, the uh, what was the one? Um, Matt, you know, the superhero one, Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him, yeah, all of uh, Umaga. Like all those guys, like every single one I've been in there with. I don't think, like I said, besides the young guys like the Usos and stuff, every all the other ones I've been in with. John had Yokozuna on the show one time, and I went up to introduce myself, and um, he said, "Hey, yeah, it's good to meet you." He said, "Hey, uh, you got any wrist tape?" I was like, "Yeah, let me go ahead and get you some wrist tape. I got, I got, I got an extra roll," and uh, that whole roll got used. <laughs> oh yeah, those guys were good for stuff like that. You give it to them. I mean, but what do you say? That way. What'd you say? Yeah, if you give them something, you're not getting it back. Put it that way. <laughs> and what can I say? It's freaking Yokozuna. What do you do? What do you? I know. We did a tag team one time. It was funny. Actually, I have pictures from it still. Just seeing me and him together in the ring was funny. Yeah, he, he seemed like he was pretty well loved. I only met him on that one occasion, but I haven't heard anyone say a bad thing about him. Well, if you think about it, any of the ones you've been in contact with, not many people say bad things about any of them. You rarely that's ever facts. hear anything bad about no, that's 100% them. facts. Yeah, like you rarely ever hear anything bad about any of them. A lot of respect. You know, I think they, they really born, respect. Yeah, they were born with to respect the business. Any way you slice it, they were born to respect the business. So, so let's talk about. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's talk about Salvatore Sincere, man. So uh, I think that's probably the name that you're most uh, known under. How how did that character come to be created? It was just created by them. Like once we went up there and they interviewed us, like they knew us. Um, <clears throat> we got hired in a group of five. It was me and um. They, they had, like, they give the characters to all of us. It was um, T.L. Hopper, the, uh, mm. the Pug, um, the Goon, and um, Freddie Joe Floyd, you know, Tracy Smothers. We were all hired at the same day. And, you know, they came up with the names and characters. And it was like a, it, it, they, were, they were doing what it was, was they were, they were starting to run extra house shows. So they hired a bunch of veteran guys that just, like, you know, knew that they could work with anybody. To put them on the house, so they could, you know, you know, they needed they needed bodies, they needed they needed talent on the roster. Right. So the whole Sal sincere thing came up. They just saw like an Italian kid, you know. It's like everything else, pull a name out of a hat, and that's what they came up with. Who knows? <laughs> I guess it was like Vince Russo came up with it. He's Italian, so he had ideas what he wanted to do with it or whatever. So that's pretty much what it came down to. Let's talk about that accent. <laughs> yeah, that was all pretty much. They really didn't give me too much to go with. I was doing a lot of stuff on my yeah. own. Like I would come out there. Like if I would do something and they told me not to do it again, it's one thing. 
but it was almost like you could see they weren't putting any effort into the characters. Like at least mine, it had a good, um, good colors, good scheme, a good outfit. Mm-hmm. All the other guys got really sorry ass, you know, really put no effort into the other guys out of the, that group of five. And um, they, they kind of just went with a few early vignettes they went with where they were just like, it, I mean, it might have said, you know, speak it with a broken English or something. I forget that part. But I mean, like, as it went on, I was just doing, like, stuff on my own without them telling me. And, you know, it was getting over. So that was the funny part. Like, the people saw, once they start seeing you on a regular basis on TV, they start, you know, they start following you. They start, you know, they hear the music when, when your music hits and they start to react. They, you know, you're getting over when that happens. <laughs> right. He said, I, I love all the beautiful people. Yeah, and, and then I mean you gotta it. just, you, you be a ham with it, you, like you goof off with it, and be goofier every time with it, and you get more of a reaction <laughs> every time with it. I mean, like I said, unless I was told not to do a certain thing, but because they were putting really no effort into it, they were just letting it roll. So, so, so the, um, now you were with, now you were with uh, WWF, how long? How many years we were then? Well, TV-wise, TV wise, it was over. It was like they let contracts roll out too. So, like four years total, but more like two, two and a half, like with with like worth of, of television and stuff. Because it would be off and on. Like you'd be on for a few, like say it was in a few with like Mark Marrow, and then it goes its distance, and then they don't have anything for you like right after it. So you kind of go back into like waiting game again. But you're still being paid, so you're technically still an employee. You're still on the payroll. Yeah. Shoot, can't beat that. I mean, but for that amount of um, time frame, I think I think uh, Sal Sincere is probably one of the most memorable characters, I think, in that in, in that time period. Well, I mean, it wasn't pushed. If it was pushed, it would have been real memorable. But like I said, it was, yeah. they gave it a couple of car- a couple uh, uh, feuds, and the people still like bring up to me just because it's what they remember. Mark Merrill and stuff like that, The Rock, stuff like that. But other than mm-hmm. that, it could have been so much more. And that's why, like I was saying, once turned to babyface with no plans, it was time to go. It was time yeah. to go. Yeah, I got you, man. And you mentioned earlier that they started, that they, they actually changed. Uh, they, they had you working under your real name. Yeah, that's when it was time to go. Because they didn't have any plans for it. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit around with this. It's not going to happen. Not yeah, because it wasn't worth it at that point. So the uh, now uh, when they now when they approached you and said that they wanted to make that change, you know, were you like against it from the beginning, or was it something that you like? Can you be like, nah, I'm not liking this a lot? Well, no, you were with it because they had they had promised you all kind of stuff like like they were going to do with it, and then after mm. the uh, the run with Marrow, then there was nothing else, and then you mm. go into oblivion. So you just. They, you know, you just start doing jobs and it's like, all right, it's time to go. They're not going to do nothing with this. So like I said, the whole, the whole premise is based around lies and it's just how much stuff actually happens or how much stuff doesn't. The, the empty promises. That's the, what the world's, the business is built on, at least that business. Well, you know what? I mean, if you think about it, a lot of people, I think they, they don't really understand that, um, 
it's a business a and it's also b an entertainment business so any kind of entertainment business it's always going to be a little shady just because uh uh that's just the way it's always been i mean uh with sports organizations there's at at least sports organizations have players associations to that that they can make sure that everyone is getting paid fairly everyone is you know being taken care of after their playing days are done but um because pro wrestling kind of blurs the line between sports and entertainment you know that can be kind of a you know that can be kind of like a, like I can be kind of like a, like, a, like a gray area you know what i mean sure exactly um, yeah and uh i know that the medical policies have improved pretty much um significantly over the past 20 years for workers man but uh if you if you were if you were in charge you were in charge of wwe like what would be the changes you would make in year one well it's it's nothing 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 glaring because it's it's taking time to get where it's at now so like you just can't like snap your finger and say oh this is an obvious thing they're doing wrong or this is an obvious thing they're doing They've had so much trial and error to get to where they're at now. Like, you know, as they're trying gimmicks, they're trying angles, they're trying good guys and bad guys and this and, and girls and, and, and everything in between. There's really nothing that, that, that stands out. I don't really stay on top of it as much anymore, like mm-hmm. the current stuff, but it, everything is formulated. Everything is, has gotten to the point after months and months and years and years of, you know, trying different things. So, like, if you see it, people will say, well, it's not like it used to be. Well, nothing is. There's nothing in this world right. like it used to be. Everything's changed. So, you know, with their meetings and meetings and after meetings and meetings and all these talking heads in their front office and everybody's bouncing ideas off the wall to see what sticks, that's where it's at. So it's not like, not like one thing's going to happen where you're like, well, you know what? If I took over tomorrow, I would do this and I would do that. I couldn't name one thing because, like I said, they're – they're at a point now where the whole world has changed. Like just from when I was there, like there was yeah. no social media. I mean, we didn't even have cell phones when I was there. That was, that was like the era right about to happen. And the social media and all that other stuff has changed the business completely. Not to mention, you know, all the, you know, again, when I say social media, all of the social medias, the TikToks and all the Instagrams and Facebooks and everything in between. Mm-hmm. they have to deal with that so i mean they're they're doing one thing that they think is great and the whole social media world is destroying it so they're sitting there saying man we really wanted to do it this way and everybody's is is real is killing us with it they're killing it they're they're destroying it and that's something they got to look at they can't ignore it because if the social media is telling you one thing and you're thinking another thing you got to make a, uh, an owner's decision and say, well, you know what? We're still going to stick with it a little longer, even though the fans are burying it and the, the fans are, are, are killing us. We, we really feel like if we stick to it and we execute our plan, then we're going to, you know, they're going to see what, why we wanted to do it this way. So, I mean, that's a whole nother part of the game that never existed when I was there. Mm. Um, you know what? Good, good, good luck. Good luck. I'm glad I'm <laughs> no part of it because you're sitting there doing one thing and, and, and all the fans are telling you something else. You got to decipher. Do we listen to them or do they, they're, they're just going to see what we give them, you know, watch what we give them. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like there was, there was always this 
veil of mystery before social media in the business. You know, there was always a veil of mystery. Now there's no such thing. Now everyone, everyone thinks they know everything now, you know, and exactly. everyone thinks that they're the most important fan in the audience, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. Well, yeah, because social media gives them a voice. They didn't have, they never had that. Like when I was there. Yeah. Everybody's got a voice. Everybody can post. Everybody can give their opinions on every little thing. Even the smallest little angles that weren't, weren't even angles. They can have an opinion on it. And everyone thinks they're a booker. <laughs> that will never change. That'll never change. I mean, that's why they're tuned in watching all the pay-per-views and TVs because their way compared to this is what I would have done. So, like, that'll never change. I mean, that's been around as long as wrestling or, you know, that part will never change. I mean, that could go back to the 60s and you're still going to call it the way you think it should be. Right on. No, that's facts. Nope. So, at this point in your life, man, so you're 37 years in, right? You're you're still in amazing shape. Um, you know, you inspire me every day to keep my butt in the gym, man. <laughs> but so, 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 you're 37 years in. Now, the... Uh, so what keeps you going, man? Like what keeps you heading down that road every weekend? Well, that's the part I like. I'm glad that it never became a nuisance to me. Like, like, like I said, it's, it's not, I'm not a fan of the current day TV product. So, but I am, I still look forward to having shows, which I'm glad about. I never wanted it to be where it would be like, Oh man, I got to wrestle Saturday and I got to twist my arm to get in the car and make the town. Thank yeah. God it's not that way because that then it would be painful because then you don't want to wrestle and you don't give a good effort and you just don't want to be there. You're going to, you're going to really, you know, stink up the joint. Um, I, I thank God that that part of it's never, ever, ever, ever changed. So like the love of it's still there and the uh, love to still perform is still there. Thank God. Because like I said, that would be the, that would be the telltale to get out of it. That yeah. would be the one to tell me, say, listen, at this age, and the shows are lousy. Um, it's just not beneficial anymore. It's time to hang it up. So, I, you know, my motto is real simple. It'll be over one day. That day's not today. It's that simple. It's that simple. I like that. Say it so, again. It'll be over one day, but that day's not today. I like that, man. I love it. So, so, so who, who some of your favorite people to work now, like out here on these, these, um, indie shows that you're working these uh uh these uh federations that you're working up and down the east coast well, who's some, some of who's some like, of the best no, guys out there right now i don't really have a steady opponent anymore like like as as like the patriot or whatever you know if you get a foreign character it always makes it easier or mm -hmm. it's like sal sincere they'll put me like with sometimes like the name on the show against the, the baby face name on the show so you know, anymore, it's not like before where, like, you would be, like, I mentioned to you about being booked with Kahlua all the time. Really don't have that anymore. Now it's basically like, as long as I don't get a kid that's just, you know, dangerous or, you know, you want to get through anymore, I just want to get out of the match safe. That's really what it comes down to now. Yeah. Most of the guys are trained. Most of the guys, I mean, 99% know what to do, how to do it. They're pretty much safe. They're just excited to be in there half the time. So, like, you acknowledge that you understand that like you don't get mad at them because they're, they're, they're excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of the federations again, like 99% of the kids aren't a problem. They know what's, they know what to do. They know how to do it. I'm not going to be too demanding on them to have some 
five-star match. You just want to entertain the crowd as much as you have to and go from there. I love it. Well, two of my favorite guys that I worked with before I, because uh, uh, I haven't, well, before Rambo's last show, I hadn't wrestled since pre-pandemic. Uh-huh. And uh, I had a I had a great run with uh, with uh, Jake and them at Elite. And um, a couple of other guys I was working with had a great run. And a couple of great guys. Two guys that come to mind to me are um, Shane Malice, who's freaking phenomenal, can oh, do yeah. anything, can work yep. with anybody. Yep. Um, and and um, uh, what was his name now? Oh, Jason Radatz. Um, yep. Amazingly, amazing athlete. Big guys, strong, can they move. Are. Yeah. That's what so I those mean. are. Like, when, you, when you wrestle for a company like that, you know they're gonna anybody they put you with will be fine. They wouldn't they wouldn't be in there otherwise. Like they wouldn't put me with a guy that has had, you know, for his first match. Because they take too much pride in their product, they would want the guy to be completely um, confident and in control before you, you put him with a guy like me. Like you let him let him pay his dues with all the other young kids and then when they get up to like Shane Malice's level you know, Bodie Williams and all those guys, every, everybody there is a good talent. So you never have a problem who they put you with. I love it, man. So wrapping this up. So let's talk about any, any, any advice you got, the lessons you've learned along the way in your career uh, that you'd want to share with anybody who's an up and coming aspiring wrestler. Like what advice that you've gotten or what have you learned that you would pass on to them? Well, you learn something all the time. I mean, you always, you can learn something at every show, but like for a young guy, the first thing is, you know, you want to get good gear, have nice gear, have gear where people are going to remember you by, have colors that people are going to remember you by, create a character for yourself. It doesn't have to be like, you know, a one headed, a one eyed, you know, Cyclops character, (laughs) something crazy. But no, I mean, just you could be yourself, but always look professional, always um, carry yourself that way. You know, you don't have to go and wear a suit to a show or anything, but unless you're going to WWE, I, that's that's something I actually recommend. Whenever you do the um, enhancement work, always dress as nice as you can because Vince looks at mm. that stuff. Vince, Vince is a big mark for suits and that type of stuff. He's a big mark for that stuff. Because it's too easy for guys just to dress casual. And a lot of guys don't even dress casual, which is embarrassing. But, wow, you know, always think about the way you look, the way you carry yourself. Be professional. Always, you know, that kind of stuff. Always have good-looking gear. Always have, um, again, if the gym is not in your plans, it, it should be, even if you do something, some cardio or something. You know, too many guys, it's too easy wearing that black wrestling, you know, T-shirt in the ring. There's too many guys that do that still. Too many guys. Yeah, I do see a lot of that. A lot of guys have the same black outfits and gloves and sunglasses. Yeah, and that's the cheap and lazy ways out. You know, it's too, there's too many guys. Like there, there are certain promotions out there that there's every guy wears a shirt in the ring, and it's embarrassing. It really is. It really, really <laughs> is. I mean, always think about that. Always try and get better. Always, like I said, the gym is your friend. Make it a point to go there. Um, like I said, the name, the number one thing is your your appearance is everything. Because when 
you start getting <laughs> exposure with some of the bigger indies, and you never know who's watching. You know, the big leagues are always watching these these, these films, especially mm. if you're doing working for some of the better indies. People are watching. Always thinking that people are watching. So you want to look better than the other guys in your match and on the show. That's really what it comes down to. I like that. Huh. Okay. Words cool, to live man. By. Words to live I love by. it. Well, if people want to learn more about you and where you're going to be appearing next, uh, where can we go? You'll be my agent from now on, so have them check with you. <laughs> All right, listen, y'all, y'all talk to me, and I'll teach. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll get you booked. I'll get, I'll get Tom booked on your show for for a twenty percent cut. That's right. You'll be my booking agent starting tonight. I'm in, man. I'll do it. <laughs> You're completely in charge of my career from this point on. Whatever's left of it. <laughs> Well, brother, I love you, man. And uh, you too, brother, you, you too. Always, always love, always love there for you, brother. Always good talking to you. Uh, we had some, we had some good times together. Um, you were, you, you were actually one of the best, quote unquote. You know, you know the names who come in, you know, and uh, uh, help bring us young guys up. You were, you were one of the best, absolute guys to work with, to talk to, and I'm proud to have you as a friend, buddy. You too, brother. Appreciate it. And listen, as for you folks, go on YouTube and look up, uh, go ahead and look up the Times Time and uh, WCW, look him up in All Japan, look him up on WWF, uh, Sal Sincere, you got the Patriot. What was your WCW name? Johnny Gunn, Johnny Gunn in WCW and in All Japan. So watch all his matches, you know, drop my... Johnny Gunn, the Z-Man, world-class tag team. I love it, man. And also, don't forget to give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. Share with your friends, okay? Act like you got some manners. This is going to be your favorite show of all time, and I want you to uh, help us grow, and uh, we'll be able to give you some really great conversations just like this one. And until next time, I want you guys to go out there, live your life, want you to go uh, love your people and hustle hard. Peace. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way. Thank you.